It's those moments, like you said, Dustin, where there's going to be a thousand questions and there's not a thousand answers. Yeah. And you have to like go to the core of who you are and what you know to be true. Um, because, and I say that, but there's like this caveat of like, what's happening is true. <laughs> like it's real there. It can't get more real than that. But then also there's this space of truth that you have to choose to step into so that you don't go back to a place where you were two years before that in the darkness of the truth of what you're walking through crushes you, you know, like, how do you, how did you walk through that and not let it crush you again? Like, what was the thing? What was the moment that you knew, okay, I'm grabbing hold of truth because otherwise it's going to crush me right now. Like I said, like, um, you know, that time prepared me for this because I, um, when it happened, I, I knew the dark places that I could go, Yeah. but I also knew that I didn't want to go back there. Yeah. And so I, I knew the things that I had to do in order to not let myself go back there. Um, and so Layla was born around noon. And so we were able to, uh, be with her and like a couple, you know, family came in to meet her. And before anyone came in, I was standing next to Amy and I was holding Layla and I said, Hey, tomorrow we can be pissed off and we can, um, you know, do whatever. I said, right now she's in the room with us. Yeah. Uh, we're going to celebrate her life with everyone that comes in here. They can be upset. They can cry. Um, that's totally fine, but we are celebrating our daughter, uh, cause she's with us today right right now. Yeah. That man, that's really powerful because the way that you chose to lead in that moment, Dustin, like you, you, uh, here's the crazy thing. When you're going through stuff like that, you actually have to lead other people. You know what I mean? Like when you experience loss in your life, a lot of times we want other people to know what to do and how to walk with us. And they don't. And so what you did is you said, okay, we're going to, this is what we're doing. And we're going to help other people know how to do that in this moment. Cause we don't want to lose the moment of celebrating Layla's life. And so I think it's really powerful that you, it was a boundary line that you set for yourselves. It's a boundary line that you set for, for loved ones who care about you guys, but they needed to know this is what this environment's for right now. And, and it is, it it sucks. It's hard. I think partly for me, the, the shittiest part of all this is that like, and, and even for Jace and I right now, like walking through choosing to not have children and having our first holidays from that point, having like um, these moments where we're cooking dinner in our kitchen and we feel the empty space in our home and we know that two of us can't feel it. Like we can't feel it. We're going to, we have to sit there and feel the emptiness and you can't like there. It's hard because you can't expect someone to know how to walk with you in that. And can't expect someone to know how to, to come into a room with your baby who, whose body is with you, who's, who's affected your soul in your life, but is in heaven 
all at the same yeah. time and to know how like people to know how to respond to that. And it sucks. The shittiest part is having to tell other people how to walk with us. You know, it's, yeah. having, it's telling my friends like, Hey, I need to say this, but like, I don't know necessarily what I need, but I just need you to be with me. Or, or maybe it's, you know, Hey mom and dad come in this room right now, have your tears, have your anger, but this is what this moment's for. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's one of the hardest parts is like helping people know how to grieve with you when you just want to yeah. grieve and you don't want to have to deal with it. And so I think that's a really key moment that I hope couples in general, but especially men will grab hold of what you did there. Like you, you set the tone, you said, this is what we get to do. And not in like this domineering way, uh, which we both know you couldn't dominate Amy. Like we, Amy and I are <laughs> open, you and Jason partner with us, but there yeah. ain't no dominating. And so, uh, but you cared enough about where she was and where you were to lead out and to allow other people to come alongside you, but in a way that was helpful. And I, yeah. just, I commend you for that. And I hope other men will, will take notice of what's needed in a moment in spite of their own pain and their lack of even knowing how they feel enough to like be aware and to be in the moment leading in a way that provides healing for you and your spouse. And so thank you for yeah. sharing that part because I do think it's very rare. We just don't know what yeah. to do. And then we have to help other people know what to do. And it's just a big mess and it can become a shit show and it can become really painful. Um, and so I love that you guys, knew what you needed, even though you probably didn't at the same time and you knew how to help other people walk with you. Um, man, it's I, I didn't know what was going on or, or what, you know, uh, what was next, but I knew yeah. that, uh, I knew when I looked back a year, two years, five years, 10 years, I knew what I wanted that day to look like. Yeah, yeah. And so at that, when I had that thought, at that moment, I realized, okay, I have to, I have to control this environment um, to make it a place of, of celebration. Yeah, no, that's really good. I, I think that's so good. And, and I remember Amy even referencing that moment and that she, how much she needed that, you know? Um, and I think to be honest with you, like as someone who was able to walk with you guys, even from, you know, a distance in that, in that season of time of like, you guys were going through what you were going through, but then you, you fast forward is like, sounds like the most insensitive way to like forward us into what I'm saying, but like to, to move forward into the, the funeral and the celebration of life of Layla, like you guys carried that through walking your own healing. Like you carried the celebration of life. And so I just like being on this side of it with you, I can see how, that moment set the tone and the stage and the foundation for how you walk out Layla's legacy. And it's quite, yeah. it's very beautiful. And it's, it's, that doesn't negate the pain of it. I don't, I don't mean to sound that way. Um, but it's beautiful to watch how you took that moment, that moment of stepping in and knowing what needs to happen. It guided you guys. And it was so yeah. evident as you walked the last two years out, like so evident. Um, and I just, man, I, I wish that 
I wish that we could display that in this conversation because I think so many people are missing how to stabilize their own story and their own journey that they're walking yeah. through. Because if you don't have a stabilizing point, you're going to lose your own story. Um, yeah. And that kind of leads me back into, you know, in that, in that moment, in that time, you know, you were talking about like, I knew what I had to do to not go into that dark place again. And, you know, how as, how as a husband, but also just as an individual, as Dustin Elise, how did you navigate that? Like in the forwarding days of, you know, you've got funeral plans, you you have the the funeral, the celebration of life, then you have the quiet when no one else is around and everyone's gone. And then you have the day the pictures show up and you guys get your new home and you put it in your new home. And, you know, there's just so many pieces of it, or it's almost the holidays again, it's almost December again. And um, yeah. kind of how have you navigated keeping that same stabilizing place? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I really think that it's, it's all about, um, kind of your perspective and the way you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also, it's also a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. I, yeah, you know, in, during those moments, like, People, if God forbid anybody has to go through that or has gone through that, they know uh, people say stupid stuff to you and like they they can't relate and they try to relate and they try to compare it to their great aunt who whatever. And it doesn't help at all. Um, And so choosing um, how you react to things or how you're going to view things. Um, is very important because, you know, we're almost two years now um, yeah. past it. And I still don't have a clear understanding of no. why or, you know, the purpose or whatever. Like I, I've seen, you know, we've been able to reach out to other people and help them through bad situations and stuff like that. Um, but I, I knew that maybe one day, there would, you know, right when it happened, I, I thought of, you know, maybe one day I'll be able to figure out the purpose and the plan and God's, you know, whatever. But I kind of like uh, accepted that and, and realized, okay, that's, that's several years down the road. Yeah. Um, I'm going to set that aside for now and, and stop trying to figure out why. Yeah. Um, looking at it now, I may never figure out why. Yeah, it doesn't um, have to purpose. Yeah. 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 And so when I was able to kind of compartmentalize things and kind of move things to the side and really just focus on yeah. uh, celebrating Layla and also supporting my wife at the same time, yeah. um, that kind of clears up some of the confusion, some of the, you know, racing thoughts that might, might pop in. That's really good. Dee. I think that's some really like very, very practical, very useful advice that you just gave right there. Like uh, that could be a game changer for some guys of trying to feel responsible to make sense of it, find a purpose, fix it, make it better. And same for women say, you know, same for wives. Um, But I think what's so practical, but so intensely powerful about what you just said is there doesn't have to be 
a, a purpose or a, a why or a reason to make it better um, because it can't be, yeah. be it can't be better in the sense that th- what happened was traumatic and horrific and no you don't want anyone to go through it but you can still have the ability to come out of the intensity of the pain yeah but your pain in that yes like you said purpose can come from it but there doesn't have to be a purpose to heal um i think too many times we let ourselves wrap into our questions in the loss in the trauma in the devastation and we try to find this like why this answer this what it's like we we want to put like the the peg in the hole yeah we can't we can't there's no way that we can do that in our human in our humanity um but we also don't have to live in a place that the pain keeps us from purpose right? Right. We can still live purposeful lives, but that doesn't have to have a purpose. It goes back to like me trying to figure out my own purpose and and, and that kind of stuff. And me knowing where I could go when I do that uh, Mm -hmm. kind of is the reason, you know, one of the reasons that kept me, um, you know, out of going back into that or, um, you know, allowed me to kind of step back and, and see things differently yeah. um, and, and decided to, to choose, like, you know, we're going to celebrate her. Yeah. She, she was here for a little while, um, but her story is going to live on. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. already affected a lot of people and it's going to continue um, yeah. as it goes on. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so you guys, in, in your story, you have you have walked through that <laughs> incredibly well. I'm sure not perfectly. Um, I know you guys have been in counseling. I know you guys have worked together on your marriage. Um, yeah. How do you step into this, you know, um, leading into where you guys are currently um, and the blessing that you received currently? How do you feel like, so I want you to tell us what that is, first of all, yeah. and then also um, kind of tell us how you felt like stepping into that. Because you have the moment with Layla where you find out, you know, Amy finds out she's pregnant and you're like, oh, my God, you know, like it hit you with fear and whatnot. How did you step into where you guys are currently? Yeah, so um, that was in 2019. And then. Um, it was around August of, was it 2019 or 20, 2020, like didn't happen in my mind. So right, I know I was uh, trying to 2020 was a shit. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So we had made it, we had, you know, made it all through 2019 and then, um, uh, you know, that included a lot of counseling and, um, figuring out, uh, grief journeys and us being in different places with that and allowing space for that. Um, okay. Let me hone in right there for a second. So tell me, um, tell us one thing in that, that grief journey of knowing when you were like in different places, like, how did you guys 
navigate when you were in different places. Cause I mean, if, if it's like me and Jason, we are usually like never in the same spot with it. Um, how did you guys, like, what was kind of a key tip that you would give on how to navigate being in different grief spots? Yeah. Um, it really is just communication. Um, I, I don't always, you know, express my emotions. I'm an internal thinker, processor person. Um, but when you're in crisis, you have to over communicate. Um, you know, it's, and it's not some kind of super, like, here's all of my emotions, A through Z, but it's just like, yo, today I I'm really missing Layla because of this, or this, you know, really triggered me because of that. Um, because you are kind of, you know, going through like a grief journey, a grief process is an actual thing. Like it's, there's different stages to it and, and, uh, you can be on stage three and then go back to stage one and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, communicating is really important just to know where each other is or where you're at. Um, but then also being able to support when you can and and get, you know, be supported when you, when you need it. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's really good. I, I just wondered because, you know, like Jason and I, we're still in it. I mean, we are in a grief journey, but it's different. Like our, our grief journey through infertility was a lot of loss, you know, miscarriages, um, health issues, things like that. But now we're in this, we're in a different grief process, um, and, and cycle of choosing to just be us on one hand. We absolutely love it. We can do whatever the crap we want, whenever we want, um, but then there's also this sense of great emptiness and, um, that hits in different times. Like for example, on normally we are not in the grief cycle at the same time or at all the same, but this last weekend we were pulling out all our Christmas stuff, getting ready to decorate for Christmas. And I was getting super irritated, which is typically a, a indicator for me. Um, and Jason was just like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I, this is just not fun. Like, and I said, I just, I don't know what it is. And we looked at each other at the same time and we were like, this feels so empty. And so Mm -hmm. it was like one of the first few times that we were like at the same time, but then we both had to step into that differently. We both had to process that differently, but it was like you said, we had to take the time to say it out loud. And then to be honest, it was one of the time, one of the maybe two times that we've looked at each other and we're like, both just like, I'm so sorry. I couldn't give you kids. And like, we both said that to each other and it was just really powerful. And it was like, I'm sorry that I can't feel that. Like I'm not big enough to fill this empty space. And to be frank, like we don't know what is yet. (laughs) Um, But we just had to have the moment and we had to talk through it. And again, we both had different feelings about it, but the moment what we were experiencing was very intense and it was, we were both experiencing it. Um, and so all that to say, like, I agree with you. I think communication of just saying like, Hey, this is really triggering me right now. Or, um, you know, for Jason, like, um, you know, we'll be with friends and we get in the car and he's like, man, he's like, it's really hard that I'm never going to have a kid run up to me when I walk in the mm. door. 
like that or, you know, whatever it might be. And so it, we just both have different moments um, and different things trigger us, but we have to tell each other. And I think you saying that as a husband is very encouraging to me, Dee, because if you could just say it, like, if you could just say like, this sucks right now, or even if it's like, I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know what I'm feeling. It's overwhelming. And I just, I need to say that and be done with it. Like, I I think if we could just give our ourselves the grace and space to say it, and especially for men permission to say things that they need to say, even if it doesn't make sense. And then as women to be open to them saying it and it being okay, that it doesn't make sense. Um, So. I mean, what I've kind of learned over the next couple months was that Amy was always, I mean, I was thinking about it too, but Amy was always kind of in it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so anytime that I would just bring up, you know, anything or just something, not, not even a big deal or like, yeah. oh, this reminded me of Layla or, hey, I saw a, a moon or, you know, yeah. a little star, um, that was a connection point for us because it made her uh, feel a little bit more normal um, of, you know, what she's constantly going through or thinking about. Um, And so it doesn't isolate her a whole lot. You know, it it brings us together because it's showing that like, Oh, well he's, you know, dealing with this too, or he's still, you know, having the same feelings or thoughts that I am. Um, So yeah, like I said, communication. That's really good. Okay. So I interrupted your, your journey of, um, being able to like you're hit in 2020, you guys have been through counseling. Um, you're learning to communicate in it. You're in your grief cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, going into 2020, um, Amy really wanted to, you know, try again as soon as possible. And the doctors gave us like different timelines on when we should. Um, and so, uh, in August of 2020, um, we found out that she was pregnant again. Um, and so I don't, I really don't know like where exactly my head was at, at this point when we found out, but, um, it was kind of one of those things of like, well, we've been through the, the worst already. Um, you know, I'm, I'm prepared. And it was kind of another thing of like, you know, I, I had the thought of, I can, uh, be super anxious. Like I was the first time, uh, with Layla in, in battle with that day and night. Um, or I can choose to, uh, you know, trust and, and be at peace and just be there to support Amy. Um, and so that's what I tried to do for the most part. Um, not saying I was perfect in doing that at all. Um, and it was kind of hard to just fully give my, myself over, give my heart over into the bliss of, you know, the, the whole process. Um, but yeah, um, you know, she was, um, we went through the first couple of doctors and everything seemed fine. And, um, you know, we thought it was going to be a boy. Um, and so that's kind of a big deal because, yeah. um, I am the only 
um, male um, on my dad's side. Um, I had a cousin that passed away a few years ago. And so, um, you know, it's up to me to carry on the last name. Um, And so it's a little boy. And so we go through the process and um, every time we go for a checkup, you know, it's like super quick. They're like, yep, everything's perfect. And so um, we fast forward to uh, seeing doctors and COVID land, um, you know, and and doing all that stuff. And so, yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were able to stay with our, uh, the doc that, um, he's singing and and great. And so it was, it was really helpful to kind of, uh, be around people that have been through the, the mess with us and, and seen like what's, what's happened and know our story. Um, and so they, you know, scheduled a, uh, an early C-section. Um, I think she was 38 weeks, um, when we had that scheduled. And so, um, again, it was kind of one of those things where it was just me and her because, you know, we couldn't have anybody in the room and, um, we, um, we went in for the C-section and, um, he came out and everything was, was great and perfect. And, um, his name is Asher James Elise. Um, and so he was, uh, nine pounds, 15 ounces. Um, but one of our friends was actually the charge nurse or the lead nurse, whatever they call him. Um, and, and so he actually, uh, she said he peed before she weighed him. So he was probably a 10 pound baby. (laughs) Um, um, yeah so now he's um he'll be seven months old next week um and you know i don't i didn't like think that this would happen but like you know now that we have a a healthy baby and, and all that stuff like um it doesn't change anything that yeah. happened That's back right. in 2019 yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm glad you it, said that. I, yeah, I, uh, I love him with all my heart, but it did not decrease or, yeah. uh, you know, lessen or make me forget something about Layla. Um, it didn't make anything. anything. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. no. Yeah. It's two completely separate things. Um, if anything, he reminds me more of her, uh, you know, every, every day, um, or like, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't help the, um, the thoughts that I have or whatever, because, you know, we went to, uh, the zoo the other day when we were in Baton Rouge and like, I'm thinking, um, you know, he's here seeing the monkeys or whatever yeah. and, and Layla should be right next to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we still honor her. Uh, we still, you know, he's seven months old, but I, we still, you know, talk yeah. about her to him and yeah. um, that kind of stuff. And so um, it, it's a blessing, but um, it's not a band aid by any means. And it's not, you know, uh, taking the place of anything. It's a, just a, another, uh, blessing, um, that's been added. So. 
Dustin, thank you so much for sharing one about Layla and about Asher. I just, I genuinely, man, I just, I know I didn't personally get to hold Layla, but she definitely captured my heart. And I think about it often. And sometimes I text you guys when I do, but I also don't want to be that weird friend. Weird. Um, but I definitely think of her and I think of how you guys have honored her and how you allow her legacy to live on. And, you know, legacy is a really big deal to Jace and I, because our legacy looks different. Our legacy is our friendships. Our legacy is what we give our time and our talent to. Um, and so thank you for allowing people like us to celebrate Layla with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just means a little something special and it's just an honor. Um, and Asher's just the cutest dang thing ever. <laughs> um, man, you guys, you guys are building something that you honestly were afraid wasn't possible. And yeah. even in your own, you know, sharing of your story, like hearing the anxiety and the concern and the fear just weaved in there of, you know, what's our life going to look like, you know? So yeah. thank you for allowing, you know, Bear Not Broken community to, to hear your story, to be impacted by it and, and also by your kiddos. Yeah. Um, what do you, if you were to speak to, hopefully I have male listeners, let's just hope that. <laughs> um, if you were to share with husbands um, what do you feel they need to know? What's the the thing that they can do to be most intentional um, and walk with their spouse in something that they're going through with them? Um, and we've talked about this. You're literally going through it together, but there are aspects that each other cannot understand about the other person and yeah. what they're going through. And so from a husband's perspective, you know, what would you say to husbands in the midst of loss or or trying to conceive and not knowing what the future holds. Um, yeah, just kind of how would you how would you encourage them? Yeah, um, I think the the biggest thing for me, um, you know, at the very start of it was uh, realizing and accepting that um, you know, as men, we're the the protectors and the providers and, and all that stuff. Um, but in this situation you can't do anything to fix it. Like you can't do anything to fix the actual situation that, that has just happened. Um, you know, yeah. there's, it's, it's a vulnerable place to be because, you know, there's, there's nothing that you can do to, um, you know, change the outcome. Um, and so when you accept that, uh, you've got to kind of start looking for different areas where you can, you can help and support, um, yeah. but I also discovered that you can only support your spouse if you're stable yourself. Um, you know, well, uh, uh, you can't fix someone if, if you're broken yourself. Um, it's, it's important to be there for your spouse and to support them, uh, any way that you can and, and, you know, just sit there and listen to them or, or try to do something nice for them. Um, but it's also yeah. important for you to go through the grief journey yourself. Um, 
because you know right when everything happened i was uh grieving the death of my daughter but also worried about my wife at the same time and so that's it's two very different uh you know things that you're juggling and trying to process at the same time um and i kind of stayed on that that path for a while um and I got to the point where I realized like I have to um, I'm not going to decrease my support for her or or whatever, you know, she needs and that kind of stuff. But also I need to make sure that, that I'm dealing with this myself um, and uh, going through the the steps of grief and, 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 you know, processing it and and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very important to um, you know, be there for your, your wife. And I've said it a few times, you know, uh, communication is, is super important. Um, but also, uh, kind of candid communication between you and your, and your spouse. Um, just, you know, like I was talking about earlier about just silly things or not silly things, but just kind of random things or like, I saw this, whatever, remind me of that. Like, uh, those little kind of situations, um, they add up and they also like bring you closer together and and connect you on different levels. Um, And so, yeah, but you also have to, you know, find space and uh, give yourself enough grace to be able to, to grieve on your own and and, and find your own strength. Yeah, man. I I don't think you could have given better advice there. Um, It's honestly like, it's the thing that, both need like you've got to have your own grief process so that you can be strong for the other person when it's needed um it's like that old like saying that everybody talks about like if you take care of yourself first or don't let like when you're on the plane and you have to pull the mask down and put it over your face first and not the other person you know it's like that same like i don't know if it's like age-old 